This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Indeed it is. Welcome to the show, starting up with Virtue Zone, live on Dubai I 103.8, each and every Tuesday morning from 10 through till 11. What we're talking about, well, SMEs and startups play a significant role in Dubai and the UAE's economy. Government's doing much to promote the environment for entrepreneurs. In the past month alone, we've seen the announcement of a multi-billion dollar financial support package for startups and businesses across the UAE, as well as the Dubai Creative Economy Strategy, aiming to boost creative companies over the next four years in the Emirates. In Dubai, SMEs represent 99.2% of all firms registered in the Emirates, 51% of the labour force, 46% of the Emirates GDP. That's according to Dubai SME, the agency of Dubai Economy tasked with developing the sector. And you know what? We are speaking to the main man down at Dubai SME. Absolute pleasure to be speaking to the CEO of Dubai SME in just a few moments' time. And later, one of Dubai's most high-profile clubs about why it's turning its attention to startups and entrepreneurs. Plus, get your questions in for Company Clinic a little later on in proceedings. Are you starting up? Have you started up? Are you facing a few hurdles at the moment? If you would like any advice, we've got the team on hand to help you either in the next hour or, of course, straight after that when VirtuZone will be answering your questions live online throughout the course of of the remainder of the morning. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We are live on Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. On Dubai I 103.8. Ain't you just, and thankfully ain't just me here to answer those questions. An absolute pleasure to be joined by uh, the co-founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone, a man who formulated the idea of Virtue Zone from his study, what, 12 years ago, and it's now helped tens of thousands of entrepreneurs get started here in the UAE uh, and see their dreams become reality. Here's the co-founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone. He is Mr. Neil Petch. He is live with us in studio. Neil, good to have you. Good morning, Tom, and good morning, fellow entrepreneurs out there. Did you hear that stat? 46% of the Emirates' GDP comes from SMEs. We should be proud of that, fellow SMEs. That is extraordinary, though, isn't it? I mean, that must be an anomaly compared to other economies around the world. I would say 100%, but we we used to do polls, and I bet if we polled our audience, given oil and tourism and and real estate and so on, you'd have thought it was a much smaller percentage. Just shows how important the SME sector is. So important for growth, but of course it's fragile as well. It needs support, and that's why we're going to be having Abdul Bassett on with us shortly. Listen, this ain't your first rodeo, uh, Neil. You've been doing this for over a decade, as mentioned. It's 12th year now of Virtue Zone, is it? Yeah, 13th year. 13th year yeah, now. Yeah. Um, is this, as, is this as, as busy as it's ever been in those 13 years, or is this comparable to previous times? I just saw an announcement from DMCC, actually, yesterday, one of the leading free zones. In fact, I think they won free zone of the year for the last uh, three years, so congrats to them, their standard bearers uh, in, in the crypto field and so on and so on. And they've had their best ever April for – best – April for seven years. Mm. 
they set up 216 companies, brand new companies last year. Now, DMCC is quite hard to get through the legislation and, and so on. So that's a, a really incredible performance. And I think it's reflective. It's a good barometer of, of the interest that Dubai is coming under at the moment. And because I'll tell you why. It's always been the best place to set your company up. It's always been the most efficient place. But a lot of people didn't know it. A lot of people had, you know, impressions of, of Dubai. They come over here, they see everything that we already know, and sometimes we take for granted until we have a lockdown. And so they're moving over. And in, in, I've got to tell you, in flocks at the moment. And the, the people that are coming over are perhaps the ones who are a little bit more entrepreneurial. They are prepared to move and they do have assets behind them. So I think that's very good news for Dubai. Uh, good news for us is that we've got some amazing guests to look forward to. Before we do that, though, time to look at some of the big stories of the week. Well briefed. The business stories you need to know this week. Yeah, let's just dive into those numbers that you mentioned there from DMCC. 216 new businesses in April of 2021. Okay, big deal. What does that mean? It's the highest recorded number in April for seven years. First quarter 2021 was also the Free Zone's best performance in the last seven years. I mean, you can't deny the numbers at the moment, can you, Neil? What is the attraction of DMCC at the moment? Does it have a global attraction? Well, I mean, firstly, let's give credit to, I think it is now 59 free zones in, in yeah. the UAE, Horses for Courses. Um, but what DMCC, has, I mean, there have been quite a few announcements over the last few months. I, I mentioned crypto. I just say crypto because if I say it, people start listening to me, Tom. Greed kicks in and people want to know how they can make 500% in the next three weeks. <laughs> so DMCC have been, you know, really working extensively yeah. on the legislation behind that. I think we're going to see some announcements. Uh, if you remember I was talking about uh, the Ministry of Economy uh, uh, talking about legislation and how we can facilitate this. And it's having control you know, So, because so, obviously what we want to do is make sure that the right kind of money, the right kind of people are, are coming in. We don't want one rotten apple spoiling the barrel. But there's a massive opportunity there and the institutions getting behind it at the moment. So DMCC are leading that and that takes a lot of time to get the legislation legislation right. Meanwhile, right across the UAE, uh, you know, that there is huge growth and there's innovation coming from all over the place. Yeah, of course, that crypto centre that DMCCC have been talking about uh, in recent weeks. Let's move our attention to uh, another of the leaders of industry here, Dubai Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Interesting, this one, this one. We were talking about it on the business breakfast earlier. Uh, They've joined forces with TikTok to train startups and SMEs on how to use the app to grow their business. Uh, I suppose that is a sign of the times, is it not, Neil? Well, I think it's a brilliant sign of what the Chamber of Commerce do, actually. When you when you hear the, the expression Chamber of Commerce, if you're a Brit, you probably think of an old fusty organisation. Yeah, exactly right? that, yeah. Run by, Big oak doors. Run by guys, <laughs> 70-year-old guys in pinstripe suits. Uh, no offence to those of you out there like that. But, but you know, you go in, they're so approachable. Um, they've got a really, really young team. And, and uh, I mean, I can't even spell TikTok, but I think it's fantastic that they've done that partnership. And you know what, if it's the hook that gets people in and, and, and lets them see that the Chamber of Commerce will support, then then fantastic. And a shout out to Natalia running that uh, group. She's doing a brilliant job. 
Yeah, four-week educational programme that the Chamber will be launching. Uh, the TikTok Academy, as it's going to be called, that will help a thousand startups here in the region. Uh, big focus also on all things tourism, big focus on all things visas as well. And it is. How excited are you about this first guest that we're about to introduce? Um, it is going to be an absolute pleasure to be talking to the CEO of Dubai SME, a great guest for the show. Well, I'll tell you what, if Dubai is the best place to set up your company in the world, then this is the man to drive it once you've set forward. So it's brilliant that I think Dubai probably is the only place in, in the world, or the UAE is the only place in the world that has a minister for entrepreneurship and SMEs. And Dubai SME has been driving that for a number of years. And, and I, I know that he's actually appeared on a, on a show with you a few years ago. So many years ago. This though. guy's got energy. So we're looking forward to hearing from him. You're listening to Starting Up. With Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai I 103.8. Get questions into us 4001. This is starting up with Virtue Zone of a Tuesday morning, broadcasting live on Dubai I 103.8 FM. And we're asking you to post your questions and thoughts now. There might be a question to 4001. Just text it into us or, of course, at Virtue Zone or at Virtue Zone underscore UAE. Myself and Neil Petch live with you here in studio. And joined now by a true leader, a true visionary and a true influencer, not of the Instagram style, but an influencer in the world of all things SME. We're discussing the opportunities for entrepreneurs in Dubai and whether it's becoming the startup capital of the world. Becoming or become. Uh, thanks to the leaders of the UAE uh, and Dubai, much is being done to promote and help the startup community here and make it a really attractive place to start a business and succeed. Dubai SME is the agency of Dubai Economy tasked with developing the sector. Last week, it unveiled yet another uh, incubator called Startup, uh, specialised in digital health technologies. It brings the number of business incubators certified by Dubai SME to 13 now. Uh, one man who must be given a huge amount of credit for driving not just that latest uh, incubator, but all those that have gone before, is the CEO of Dubai SME, His Excellency Abdul Basit Al Janahi, who kindly joins us live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams this morning. Abdul Basit, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Long time no see, my friend. <laughs> it's been, a, I was just saying to Neil, I might throw to you for your, uh, to, to get your thoughts on one of our finalists in a few moments' time, but that might be out of bed, out of place. No, great to have you on board. Thank you so much. It's been a long time, but it's been a very successful and creative time for you and your team. Um, I want to start there first, Abdul Basit, if we can, in terms of, look, there are other destinations available around the world, but why? Why? Is Dubai such an attractive place for startups and entrepreneurs, in your opinion? Uh, thank you for the introduction, really. I think uh, you, you have given me more than, than I deserve. But why Dubai? I think, um, Tom, uh, we've seen it all. Uh, one, when it comes to uh, the, uh, the, the boom, uh, the 2008 crisis, COVID, I think the resilience, the infrastructure, the attitude of the leaders and the people of Dubai, all of us, me, you, uh, Neil, uh, all the entrepreneurs, the infrastructure that we have put, the pro-business that we've been always raised uh, for, 
I think this makes it uh, totally different. I think when it comes even to uh, the connectivity, uh, the technology, uh, the aspiration, the success stories over the years that that really came out of Dubai. Uh, Dubai is a beacon of entrepreneurship in this region. Been, been a beacon for the past 40 years, but now we're going to the second and the third phase of, of being different, introducing new stuff, challenging ourselves and challenging the region when it comes to starting mega projects, startups, uh, Things that the region were reluctant, we always, we are the go-getters, we go after it and we do it when we prove it that we can we can do it. That, that attitude makes Dubai different. And I think uh, what we've seen during COVID, uh, just, just look around us and, and how uh, leaderships has, has con- I mean, handled this, this pandemic uh, and how we balanced between uh, a community, how to live and the economy. Yes, it is difficult, but I think the way the, the, the government, the leadership have handled it makes it a different. This, all this really puts a lot of trust in the system, the trust in the leadership, trust in the government. Uh, pro-business, uh, proactive, uh, we're open for ideas. A uh, couple of, uh, two years ago, I was talking to one of the guys, he said, I mean, if, if, I, want, if I want to start something which is totally new, uh, if it's fintech, uh, if it's anything related to technology, there, there aren't laws and regulations, but the best place to do it is in Dubai. Uh, this is the, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the best place to to have a proof of concept, and the rest is history for them. And I think we've seen it with with Kareem. Uh, we have a very good relationship, and we have invested in Beehive. I mean, you're talking about the fintech, and 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 there are so many, so many uh, examples out there. Abdul Bassett, uh, you're here in some ways representing the government today. I just want to make a, a, a little opinion as, as a company owner. You can tell so much from a country, from a company, by how the employees react to adversity. COVID has brought us adversity, and I think that the SME workforce right across the UA has reacted by rolling their sleeves up, working harder, and making it happen, and that reflects what the Dubai government is doing. So I have a little surprise for you, Abdul Bassett, today. I think you met yeah. uh, Tom uh, on The Entrepreneur. on, on uh, right. many years ago. And, yeah, many years ago. And I always used to joke that I love everything about the UAE, but I just wish Sheikh Mohammed could affect the weather. Well, since then, he's, of course, started seeding the clouds. So I guess he's managed that as well. And I just want to congratulate you, Abdul Bassett, because uh, in conjunction with Gulf Business, uh, Ian Fair Service asked Virtue Zone to create a series of the influencers, the most influential people in the UA startup scene. And you're on that list, the Rainmakers. So many congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a privilege, really. Now, See that. Yes, uh, Neil, I think all of us in the government of Dubai, starting from the government employees to the people of Dubai, mm. the passion that we, we, when we do something, there is so much passion in, 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 in whatever we do. If it's government job, if it's a startup, we love to help. We, ha- we, we, we love to, to, uh, to see people succeed. I think that kind of attitude is something that money cannot buy. 
Now, Abdul Basit, I do want to ask you a question because I, I believe that uh, there are 13 registered incubators uh, with yes. Dubai SME. The UAE, as Tom was uh, just saying, and as I pontificate constantly, is the most efficient place to be to be registered. Um, you've mentioned a, a, a few outstanding uh, 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 companies that that we can talk about globally. That said, um, you know, if you're in L.A., it's pretty easy to find companies to invest in, and it's pretty easy to find investors. There's that sort of meeting uh, point, the beehive, if you like, to mention one company that you have uh, uh, mentioned. But with these incubators, you know, I think uh, there's, a, there's a sort of feeling in, in the community that we, we just need to connect the dots a little bit better to make it more accessible. Because as, as you know, startups, access to money is, is, dif- is difficult here. So can I ask you, uh, Your Excellency, what are the top three priorities the Dubai government have to, to facilitate just connecting the dots that little bit more so that we have better deal flow than India, than Europe and America? A very good, uh, complex question, Neil. I think uh, we, we've been evolving. I'll just give you an example when it comes to the incubators. Uh, pre-2014, we, we did not have a regulation or, or a license related to incubators. We had only business centers. Uh, we used to run and we still run our own incubator. And as a government agency, to, to, to accelerate the incubation uh, of, uh, of companies, uh, as a government agency, you cannot do it all, uh, as simple as that. You cannot be into digital uh, technology, and into robotics, into retail, sustainability. You cannot have one incubator. So we've decided in 2014-15, and with his guidance of, of His, his Highness Sheikh Hamdan, uh, that we, we, we deregulate this and we uh, help private sector to set up their own incubators in different fields and different geographic locations. So this is one thing that we've been, we've done, I think we've done quite successfully within one and a half year, we're talking about 13 incubators, vary in different kind of, uh, of, uh, of sectors. Uh, now, a lot of, when we, when we say incubators, these are people who have set up uh, these incubators with with uh, with the mandate of investing in these startups. So they're not just hosting them, but investing in them, uh, networking for them, uh, creating deal flows for them, taking them to the to the next uh, level. I think when it comes to the regulation uh, in the past uh, two three years, you're talking about. We've set up our own uh, investment arm. Uh, we've helped even Beehive to start when it comes to access to finance. Today we have Emirates Development Bank. Uh, they're looking uh, and they have their own fund and the financing scheme for startups and, uh, and, and, and SMEs. Uh, DIFC has been attracting a lot of VCs, private equity. I think the big... But the big change that we, we will see in terms of shifting people from from investing in, in the conventional ways of of, of uh, investing, let's say, in, in, in real estate, 
but looking at opportunities and in, in technology and in startups. And and to be to be honest with you, I think we're we're very close to that. Uh, there is a push from the government. There are some announcements that are coming up. I, I cannot tell you now till till the, 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 the authorities do it. But access to finance, I think. It's getting much better. Speaking of uh, finance, Abdul Bassett, we see that you have uh, just recently unveiled Startup, an incubator specializing in digital health technology. Now, I think yes. what the UAE has done with reference to COVID has allowed us business owners to open up our businesses and our customers to come in in, in confidence, which is incredible. And quite a large part of that, I guess, is the use of digital technology to to allow us to share information about where we are with respects to that can you uh, shed some light on, on, on what you're doing in this sector? When it comes to the, the for example, Z Startup, uh, they are investing in, uh, in, uh, and they are located close to the healthcare city and they are investing in startups. They are investing, they're not just hosting them. So uh, they are injecting capital in these startups when it comes to uh, healthcare related logistic. Uh, logistic, healthcare, logistic-related uh, startups, and so many of them. Um, for us, it's, it's very important. We are here to enable these startups. We are here to enable uh, the, the the incubators and even uh, the private equity and angel investors uh, to to bring them all together in, in one platform uh, through Dubai SME. Introduce these uh, these opportunities. And accelerate these opportunities. We we do not just bring them together. We look at the issues, the challenges. Definitely, when you have a new technology, you will have maybe it's regulated, it's not regulated. Maybe they need to meet the right people. Uh, Neil, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we've launched a program called the uh, Innovation Attraction Program, where we we even attract new innovations. Uh, coming from abroad, from so we have a network of 15 uh, countries which are part of this uh, startup alliance, uh, and uh, we select uh, startups that are going through growth uh, stage and and they want to test, for instance, medical equipment in the United Arab Emirates and specifically in Dubai. Uh, imagine if these startups come here and they want to speak to to authorities, to decision makers. It's very difficult if they go on their own. We do that. Mm. Uh, we introduce them to people who have appetite uh, to invest in startups and medical care, for instance. Uh, we know who's doing what, what they need to do, what they're looking for, what's the appetite. We put them on the right uh, track. Uh, we even help them in setting up in Dubai. Uh, through Dubai SME and, and, and guide them through the process. Yeah. I, I think uh, um, there isn't a place in, in, in this region that do all this. Uh, and uh, alhamdulillah, I think uh, we've been doing very successfully, uh, successfully and uh, and we're looking forward for, for next, for the next big thing. Long may that continue. Listen, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. We've got so much to catch up on, my friend, but unfortunately time is out on this occasion. Who knows, we could turn this into a TV series and do it over 10 episodes yeah, or something I like that. But we will be looking a bit older, a bit older. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm certainly a lot greyer. You're not, that's for sure. So you're looking as young as ever. Uh, Your Excellency, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much indeed uh, for joining us today. Our thanks to you and your team down at 
and Dubai SME uh, to His Excellency Abdul Basit Al Janahi, the CEO of Dubai SME. We thank you very much indeed, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Startup Spotlight. Well, they need to find friends. Capital Club Dubai is uh, going to be a friend to startups. It is one of the city's most high-profile and exclusive clubs already, and it has been. It's got a long-standing reputation as a place where the top deal-makers go uh, to socialise, but also to network. Now it's turning its attentions to entrepreneurs and startups. Here's Catherine Cunningham. Capital Club Dubai, located in the heart of DIFC, was established in 2008 as a private members club, bringing together a collective of global business leaders. It aims to organise high-quality roundtable conversations and larger events with representatives from both the public and private sectors. Now Capital Club is trying to change the landscape for entrepreneurs in the region by initiating discussions about the issues that affect SMEs. The club's mission, it says, is to create a more fertile economic environment for all. How are they going to do that? Well, time now to find out a little bit more because the Capital Club Dubai CEO, Vic Barreto, uh, joins us live on the line, but also live via Microsoft Teams. Vic, morning to you. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Yeah, really good, my friend. Nice of you to join us. Thanks very much indeed for your time this morning. And look, I mean, the Capital Club Dubai needs little introduction. It's been a long-standing institution of DIFC uh, and the business infrastructure here for a long time. I suppose what really needs focus here is this this change of uh, change of direction, or is it a change of direction? Why are you looking at the entrepreneurs or startup space with such detail at the moment, Tom? Um our, our, our point is, as the Capital Club is we're a platform and we're a platform for people to come together, um, as Catherine said in the introduction, to, to try and get people around the table to discuss what are the real key challenges that we are facing and find solutions amongst ourselves. Um, personally, I'm a, a, an entrepreneur all my life. I've done eight different exits out of South Africa and I've got a real special heart for the startup and the SME community. And we believe that they are the backbone of this economy. And if you listen to His Excellency Abdullah bin Tuk, the, the Minister of Economy, he wants to double this economy in the next 10 years. And to be able to do that, we, we together as a community and as a business fraternity, we need to get together to, ch- to discuss the challenges. But more so, we need to be able to engage with government to see where we can change the policies, the legislation and the regulation to be able to make this economy a more fertile environment for everybody to want to invest and build this economy. And Vic, are you going to do that through a series of events? Are these events that are only open to your exclusive membership or open to others? Um, in certain cases, it's open to others, but mainly it's open to our members only, Tom. Um, we, we, you know, as a, as a member, you come to the club. First of all, I'm a member. I've been a member since 2018 before I took over. And um, as a member, we try and offer our members a place where they can come and they can find the right solutions, find the right answers, besides doing the networking, the deal making. But I think it's the first time in the history of, of the Capital Club that we do at least 15 to 20 different business events or experiences, as we like to call them, uh, on a, ride, a wide variety of topics. For example, tomorrow morning, we're talking about um, how we can take... Um, term sheets to another level um, uh, for SMEs, for startups. What are the pitfalls? How do you actually sh- ensure that you have the right um, term sheets 
to be able to get your business to go forward. So it's all these things that we do on a day-to-day basis for our, our members. Vic, I'm going to blow your trumpet a little bit for you because mm. as, as well as being a serial Thanks. entrepreneur, you're, you're a, a modest uh, man too. Um, listen, when some, you know, we've got a lot of listeners out there who probably – 2,000 dirhams means a lot to them, you know, tough times, right? So you hear membership club and sometimes you fog over a little bit. I want to say, we were just talking to His Excellency uh, Abdul Bassett, and he was talking about the importance of how government works with the private sector. There is a real opportunity at the moment, and I think you had a little round table at, uh, uh, at your event recently, where you can genuinely seek to shape the way that government is, is thinking and have an influence on that. I think that's one thing. And then the second thing, and actually blowing my own trumpet, is, you know, when you've got the ability to do that, you need to give that ability to as many people as possible. We were talking about how the workforce has reacted to COVID here so much better than in some other countries. And and obviously, extending the knowledge that the Capital Club gives to as many people as possible. And that's, that's the reason we've partnered with you so that our members can have access to that knowledge. But tell us about your, your roundtable, if you will. Sure. Um, Neil, we've had a, a number of these roundtables, and I, I must say one thing. I'm really, really encouraged by the openness of government um, to come to the table to have a discussion um, on on multiple fronts. But w- what we're finding really, um, I'm not too sure exactly which roundtable you, you're referring to, but if it's the one with, um, with the rather Minister rich gentleman. of Economy. Some rather rich gentlemen who who have the ability to influence commerce around around the UAE. <laughs> okay, um, basically what happens is um, we had a we, we we were called upon by um, a senior authority in the local uh, in the local Dubai government uh, DED, and they were we were asked we we took twenty five uh, multinational CEOs and the questions were asked what would it take to make Dubai home in your personal life, in your career, and in your business. And this was coming from government. Government was asking the questions, and us as um, business leaders in the room and CEOs of these multi-corporations basically turned around and spoke very freely, and government was very open to listen to us very freely, which I found really empowering. And we we basically spoke about... um, uh, things like immigration, labor laws, uh, bankruptcy laws, how does different laws and policies affect regulation, talking about education in the country, why it's so expensive, etc. And very, very receptive. Government has been exceptionally receptive and we've made a lot of different um, inroads. But just to one other point, um, Neil, one of, the, one of the interesting things is because we come to the government with not only problems, but we also come to them with really good solutions. And we have interjected in a number of different policies. And it's not a, it's not a, a secret, but one of our members basically contributed up to about 30 to 40 percent of the new circular economy uh, policy that's going to become legislation you know, in the near future. And this is what we do at the Capital Club. We weigh in on policy, we weigh on legislation, and we try and find how can we not only come to government with our problems, but also understand why they haven't changed certain things and how can we give them alternative solutions to see what would be best to be able to make this economy more fertile. 
Just on the on the back of that, and we started the conversation, Vic, talking about the, the Capital Club Dubai as, as as a platform, if you like, uh, yes. a, a physical platform, but uh, an educational and inspirational platform, uh, but also something of a networking platform. You know, it's been well long uh, long regarded as a as an institution you can go and you can rub shoulders with decision makers, you can network sure. uh, with the great and the good. How important mm-hmm. do you think networking is at the moment? The reason I ask that, COVID nineteen has obviously. Uh, thrown a spanner in the works for so many people. Is networking more important now than ever before? I would say, uh, Tom, I I would say 100% because there is so much ambiguity in the marketplace as to what's happening in the world and what's happening with a lot of people just because they don't get the normal day-to-day interaction when they're in the offices because a lot of people, still a lot of our members are working from home and now they're working and some of them on alternative dates alternative dates, days, they are coming to the club and working from there. But what we're finding is as we're putting on our business experiences, people are so much enjoying to come and talk about the issues that are at hand, the issues that are plaguing their businesses because of COVID. And they're finding it really, really valuable in this time of a lot of ambiguity and uncertainty to try and map a road, to, put, to put a map forward to where they want to go with their businesses. So I really do believe that it's, it's more um, highlighted today that you actually need to be able to be involved in a networking environment with common uh, business people and common business leaders to be able to find ways to overcome these challenges and, and to take it forward. Just finally, Vic, before we let you get on, uh, if people want to find out more about the club, if people want to find out more about the events you've got planned, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Come and say hi. They can come and say hi, and we've just recently put on our new uh, Capital Club website, and if you go under Club Life and under Experiences, you will see all the different um, uh, business experiences and social experiences that happen at the Capital Club. Uh, It's called CapitalClubDubai.com. Really appreciate your time this morning, Vic. Thank you so much indeed for joining Neil and myself. Uh, Thanks very much indeed, and enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, Neil. Good luck, Vic. Big thanks to Vic Barretto there, the uh, CEO uh, of Capital Club Dubai, talking about uh, not so much a change in direction for them, but uh, an expansion and certainly an opening of arms to entrepreneurs, startups and SMEs. Company Clinic. Okay, opportunity for us to open the clinic doors. Neil Petch is with us here in studio. We've received a number of questions throughout the course of the show that we'll try and get a little bit more thoughts on before we wrap up uh, around about 11 o'clock this morning. Um, A couple of questions coming in, or not so much questions, but more sort of observations from listeners listening in to our interview earlier uh, with His Excellency (coughs) Abdul Basit Al-Janahi from Dubai SME. You put the point to him about... You know, it's not one organisation that can make these things happen. You need so many different working parts coming in. One of the parts that created a lot of uh, buzz amongst listeners was banks. Uh, the point being made, uh, all good and well being startup city of the world. Uh, how can that be when no bank will make it easy to open a normal business account for less than certain amounts of money and fees and capital? Is that fair observation? Yeah, I'd say it is a fair observation, actually. Listen, uh, um, banks run in a model and the, and the transmission of money. I see that Abdul Bassett sits on, on the board of a remittance company in Africa, actually. And funny enough, African countries really have revolutionized how you can send money efficiently. We're using technology from the 1950s at the moment. And the problem with 
let's say a startup is is typically a startup wants to keep a small amount of money in its bank account. It doesn't really want huge amounts of functionality, and it wants access to growth funding. And typically, the way that a bank would go about doing that in the 1950s is the bank manager would come along, or you'd come along, have an interview in the office, get to know one another, and so on. That's a very expensive process. Now we can use technology, we can use AI, we can use algorithms to look at how you're spending and to judge what sort of uh, risk-reward ratio there is. So this technology exists in fintech platforms, Mm. not necessarily in banks, because a bank has an incredibly robust infrastructure infrastructure that is, you know, they have to be careful changing it. So fintech solutions, which you've seen the likes of Revolut and, and Monzo over many years and increasingly coming here now, digital bank solutions. Uh, um, we've seen a raft of announcements in, in that area. Now, what these are, the, these aren't banks. These are a distribution channel whereby the consumer can have access to banking services much more cheaply because they don't need to pay for the branch at Dubai Mall. They don't need to pay for the car park and for huge numbers of staff. So let's pass on those efficiencies to the startup. And I can tell you, similar to how Abdul Bassett said in his interview earlier, you're going to be hearing some very, very interesting news from VirtuZone and from a number of other companies about this, making it more accessible. It's not just to people that are here, but it's making banking accessible to people all over the world because Dubai and the UAE does have a great message and it needs to allow people from wherever they are to be able to bank here. And once you've got your money here, of course, then you can start to actually seek how you, how can you grow that money, what can you invest in, and that's why we're seeing that 99.2% of, of all the uh, uh, companies in the UAE are SMEs. That's amazing. So the, those days of X amount of passport copies and, yeah. and photos and having to go in and queue, etc., and get this stamped and accredited, etc. Uh, is there still an element of that? Are we still in there that is. evolution process? There is, or? Tom. Look, Abdul Bassett said that, that Dubai SME are, in, in a way, the glue, the, the connect, they connect the dots. Yep. It is crazy that half of us know our passport number because we've had to fill it out so many times. It is crazy that to set a company up with VirtuZone, you need to fill out your passport, to set a bank account, you need your passport. If you want to make any changes with your telephone, you need to fill out your passport. That can all be stored in one place, if you like, in in a vault. Mm. And that's what the blockchain is all about. And what we need in order to facilitate the blockchain, because blockchain has come from certain industries that we do perhaps have a little bit of a a fear of. Uh, There's some mystery behind it. But the actual technology enables us to be safer than you ever because for example let's come back to crypto again the ability to trace where money has come from actually in crypto is even more than in traditional methods where you might send an envelope with a bunch of cash. It's obvious, isn't it, that you can follow through computers. So our our fear of this doesn't need to be there. So if you apply it in the correct way, if you scan a guy's iris, if you take Mm. a picture of of his DEWA record or his utility bill, it's very easy to prove who the ultimate beneficial owners are. And then what we need to do, Tom, is we need to show if we can provide more of our security records to these people more quickly so that they don't need lots of man hours to do it then they can give you access to better loans better terms and so on 
Uh, Neil, we've got about 30 seconds before the producers drag us off air <laughs> and take us down off air. Uh, what are your closing comments? What have we learned in the last 59 and a half minutes? Well, I think you've got some great institutions. You've got, you've got government. You've got corporates seeking to get together. You're hearing that incubators, you know, incubators used to be really a business model where people were trying to just get you to come and use their office. Now it's a lot more than that. And what I want across my desk, I get so many opportunities from to invest in America. I want to hear about opportunities to invest in the UAE. So reach us at VirtuZone. Come and tell us. And then I'll put you on to Abdul Bassett. Really good to have you uh, on board, as always. Neil, thank you so much indeed to you and all your team. Enjoy the remainder of your week. Thanks, boss. Uh, We will uh, catch up with Neil and the rest of the team of VirtuZone next Tuesday. We do it every Tuesday between 10 and 11. But listen, it continues straight after the show. Get in touch with Christian and the rest of the team uh, at VirtuZone. At VirtuZone, uh, at VirtuZone underscore UAE. They continue the conversation and answer your questions online.